podcast. Uh, Josh, Hi. thanks for being here. Bixler and Josh Scott, thanks hey. so much. Hey, I missed we you, got buddy. The Josh Thank Scott, you. I missed Josh you Scott, Josh Bixler, yeah. kind of back together again. We, yeah. we both are back from vacation. Mm-hmm. We had like vacation. It's like really placed weird, so it was a really oh. long distance. When you yeah. got back, I left. We so. usually take our vacations right. at the same time, but not. With so the, if we have to spend time apart, right? You know, it's yeah. for the shortest amount of time oh. possible. I missed you, man. This yeah. time it was a longer period. Nice to be back, yeah. which, which we've missed. So thank you so much for you know allowing us to just wait forever. Yeah. Sure, really appreciate. I that. hope it's worth the wait. Gosh, yeah. a lot of pressure now. Well, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, there's been probably about five or six episodes that have not had me in it. Not a single person's asked, where's Josh Bixler? So, so brother, sure you are missed and loved. I'm sure that's not true. Oh, that's, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I'm good with that. Dude, he's good with that. He, <laughs> that allows him to go on vacations with his family and, and not have to worry about it, even though he good. does. <laughs> even though he, he wants to be back here. Yeah. I missed you guys. You guys did a good yeah. job of forcing him to unplug, though. Yes. Because it's it, almost impossible to, on, to on that note, to Austin that. actually, at the production meeting after he left, Josh Bixler left, <laughs> he essentially told everybody, <laughs> Don't Listen, talk to him. If yeah. He will contact you, and <laughs> he will try to get in contact with you. If he does, cold shoulder. Essentially, I, that's what he told I, to my boss. I had to be the cold shoulder Dude, to my yeah. boss. I felt I was going out of my mind. And here's the thing is I love being with my family, but I hate breaking routine. Yeah. I, okay. I want to wake up in the morning. I want to brush my teeth, get a shower, all that good stuff. Those are all good things. Those are yeah, good routines. Routines. Really Don't good break thing. those routines. No, but but there's a point where I come to work and I get to have fun with my friends. And yeah. and, and it was so weird waking up and it's like, where am I? What am I doing? Why, why am I here? Where's my flight test t-shirt? Flight test mm-hmm. t-shirt? Actually, I brought those with me. Of course. Oh, good um, job. But uh, it, was, it was really weird. And you guys did a really good job because I was going out of my mind. Like I think two days I made it and I was like, hey, just want to check on this video. We had a product release, the Simple Cub and nothing. And I'm like, did the place burn down? And then finally I got like a one sentence reply saying, we are not to reply to you. (laughs) I'm like, what? And and they did it in a very sheepish way because it was Christian responding to Jeremy, not replying to me. And it's like, Christian, we are not to reply to Josh. And uh, I – I didn't like it. It's <laughs> funny. It's but a weird. It's a weird situation. Awesome time of family. But that's Good. and that's, that's what you needed. You know, you yeah. needed to go get away, mm-hmm. clear your head, have some fun. Yeah. I, you guys got to to do some pretty cool things as you showed us some videos. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys actually got to uh, to do some kiting. Kiting. Um, what, what would the what would, the, what would those be called? There, there's Sport a couple different or? terms. They call them power foils, power kites, and speed foils. There's okay. like the different names out there depending on what it is, but. Um, when I was young, before I, I could fly much, um, I would bring kites out and I would fly my kites. I had my little homemade like cardboard tubes with my kites in them and, <laughs> and I felt really cool because I had like a little back strap and I would carry them around. Dude, you know? you're killing it. Yeah. I mean, I really owned my nerddom at a young age. <laughs> Dude, that's fantastic. Um, but uh, my, it was windy and um, where we were, it, I found out it was allowed to fly drones on the beach, but where the air airspace was, we couldn't. It mm. was like military restricted. There was no way we were going to be able to fly. And I was wow. kind of bummed because I wanted to film my kids, you know, right. having fun. And um, long story short, we go to a kite store, and I like went back to being twelve years old again. Just, just <laughs> oh, my kids did too, though. Oh, that's awesome. And we walk through. Well, and that's not too far for for. Uh, no, it's right right around line with Michael. <laughs> Michael, I think thirteen, <laughs> yeah. but, it's, but it's okay. But but we went through, and it was really a cool family experience. It was windy, and we we're like, you know. Let's just pitch it, pick out a kite. And um, there's a brand called Prism. And when I was young, I used to drool over these Prism kites. Well, their price is really, really reasonable. And we're talking with guys, and Michael's like really into fast and intense. Noah's uh, a little bit more reserved. He likes the strategic stuff. And, yeah. and um, I picked out actually a single line kite that was really stable because I wanted to put a GoPro on it and get aerials. 
And um, we went through and and uh, all picked out a kite, two two line airfoils, and I picked out a, a I guess a boring kite. Went to the beach, had the time of our life. Dad we, kite, we, a dad kite. Yeah, <laughs> we flew until we could not fly anymore. And yeah. th- these these bag kites basically just push into a bag, and you can unroll them, and they're flying. You can smack them into anything. Um, it was a blast. That's cool. Yeah. So we we kind of hijacked the whole vacation we were at that kite store five times and by the end of it i I bought myself also a bigger foil so michael had a 1.4 meter which pulled good but it was really fast no i had a two meter which pulled decent a little bit slower a little more power and then i had a 2.5 which pulled all of us across the sand (laughs) and a little did i know ian who has his family is big in the kite right at the same time, you guys were, were having fun with pretty much the exact same kite. Exactly. We were sitting here in the shop. I was I sit right next to Ian, and he was just like, hey, so what I did over the weekend, I was messing around. <laughs> I didn't even realize my dad and mom had these kites, and I saw one at an event, and I had to get one. So I went and flew it all weekend, and then right, literally right after he says that, we get a text message from Josh like a half hour later with a video of him and his family flying the exact same, exact same kites kite. on the beach on vacation. Snapshot <laughs> awesome. 2.0. uh, from prism and oh my goodness now we've been flying a lot we've been having a lot of wind a lot of bad weather right and the cool thing is is like this bag kite you i mean whatever size fits you Mm -hmm. you literally just throw it in your car and it's so small and if you can't fly a model or a drone you fly a kite you don't recharge batteries and it's still like a really fun experience yeah it it is it's it's i flew it for the first time a couple days ago (laughs) it's a workout it is i I was like you can't see on Obviously, you're not watching on YouTube. You should listen on iTunes. My face is very strange at the moment. Yes. Um, But, uh, yes, it's a workout and it's a lot of fun. And actually, there's a guy in the community that just posted on our Facebook a while back, um, a couple days ago. And he said that, like, essentially, we do, like, if we have nice weather, we fly planes. Mm. And if it's bad weather, we fly kites. Yeah. Mm. He's the exact opposite. He so he's he's like when I, I I used to kite all the time so he's like kiting all the time and when he has good weather he flies airplanes oh my goodness <laughs> which is really oh. cool so I can't remember his name but thanks for commenting it's really cool um, but yeah we've been enjoying the kites and all that stuff um, but we're gonna continue to mess around with them I think here at the Any, shop anything that flies and here's kind of the neat thing and we're gonna kind of put a feeler out we we definitely love everything that flies we love social activities based around flight. Um, the Snapshot 2.5 is no longer being made, and mm. it's just a phenomenal kite. Uh, I am actually have contact information with Prism, and what I'm kind of debating on, if this is no longer being made and there's a minimum order, bring it back because we all love it. Mm-hmm. But you can't buy them anymore. We don't want to do content around something you can't buy. Right. Um, I'm wondering if we can talk to him and get them to make a special edition for flight test. And that way, you know, fly a plane, fly a kite, you're just – you're flying something. And so we're going to be looking for community feedback on whether, okay, are we branching too far away mm-hmm. or do they, would they like to see something like this? Yeah. Mm. Um, kite test. Kite test. <laughs> let, it, let us know. But, let us know in the comments below if yeah. if you would want to see some kite content. Yeah. As as well as if you or your friends or your family or you know people that would be into purchasing these kites. Yeah. And maybe we can make a special edition. Right. You know what I mean? Special edition FT. That'd be cool. I'm in. You don't have to tell me twice. All right. Well, how's that for a rabbit trail? That is a great intro, first and foremost. Hi, guys. So fantastic. Uh, But yes, thanks so much for uh, listening um, and watching on whatever platform you're doing so, Mm -hmm. um, on iTunes or whatever other platform. Obviously, on the YouTubes. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate it. So we're actually, we're going to get to some questions straight off the bat um, after our uh, massive intro open. Uh, So, Josh Scott. Yeah. How about you go... uh, 
we'll have you read them all today. The voice of an um, angel. And we'll get to as many as we can because um, we're a little bit on a time crunch today. You actually have a meeting uh, there, today. There are so many great, exciting things coming up in, in a 30-second snippet of it. Uh, our dream of trying to get a location where mm. people can come out, fellowship, fly, and make members of their families and then also uh, we get the opportunity to do content with them right. is getting closer and closer every mm-hmm. day. So, yeah, I got some cool meetings, uh, some walkthroughs, and I'm hoping by Flight Fest East that we can make an announcement, hopefully a video, yeah. announcing what our plans, locations, and details. And, um, you know, it's it's funny. I'll just say this honestly. God has a plan. Mm-hmm. And every time I get so True. frustrated that the door is shut, I am like, why, God? Why is this happening? You know, my motivation is, is honestly in my heart pure. But why are these opportunities not coming through when I see all this momentum taking us there? And then this door open and it's not been shut yet. And uh, it's staying open. And I'm really, really excited about what that means for flight tests, what it means for the future of how we use this hobby to impact people in a positive way. And also how we get to fellowship with the community and and do content. I mean, we we are going to be able to do content in a way that we've never done before. It's also going to future-proof flight tests. So we have the ability to always show the best of the best knowledge, Mm. share talents with other people, and, um, you know, fulfill the, the aspects of flight that we don't simply know. And um, I'm just really excited. So yeah, a lot it, of that's falling cool. into place. Yeah. Yep. A lot, a lot of things this meeting is so way. important. In fact, that Josh brought a polo shirt to change into. <laughs> yes, actually, he goes to I, I put a t-shirt <laughs> on because I felt really odd. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, Josh guy, let's, All right, let's go questions here. Uh, Paul Delm wants to know, how about some EDF aircraft? We want jets. Also, how about some more difficult builds for the more advanced builders? What if we combine that all into one? An EDF yeah. jet that's a little bit more difficult. Well, I think you naturally a lot, a lot of times the EDF jets are probably more difficult to build anyway, right? Yes. Yes. Um, do you want to take this, Stefan? Because I know you were in a certain vlog with a certain awesome young man. Well, from what I'm understanding, uh, as you all know, we have got the opportunity to be working with a, a young gentleman named Andrus mm-hmm. and he built an X twenty nine. X twenty nine. And we he has a he had a pusher prop on a two dollar motor. If you haven't seen the vlog, you should go check it's it. Fantastic. It's hilarious. It's awesome. Um, but there's also he's been doing some EDF stuff mm-hmm. with it as well. Um, and I think Josh Bixter, if I'm not mistaken, after talking with you, uh, like about three or four days ago, we we're planning on uh, releasing that it, possibly, or at least having free plans. It's gonna definitely be released as a kit, and also a great gentleman named Ben Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, has designed a beautiful plane that we got to fly. Um, it wasn't the F four. What was it? The A four, something like that. The A four t- Tiger or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I, I can't I'm, remember. I'm exactly sorry, what my, it was. the names. Benny, we'll we'll get that right he, someday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but these these jets are great. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, we're trying to find a power pack around the motor that's reliable right. and that's going to put up with it. EDFs are very temperamental, and if someone builds this, it's not a swappable. Right. They're going to be building this into a frame, and if it frankly gives up. They're going to have to scalp and destroy their airframe to get right. it out. So we just don't want people to do that. But, yes, uh, Andrus is, is, I want to say complicated, but definitely doable, right. and so is Ben's. Um, we'll, we'll be hitting EDFs hard uh, with more complicated features, and also we'll be taking those techniques and bringing them into uh, – more of our FT designs. Yeah, that'd be great. Yep. So nice. yes, great question. And yeah, everybody's going to yeah. be super excited about that. We, we definitely know that. Yes. I think there's another one of those questions on the X-29, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll skip over that one. Anyway. Oh, we can go to it now if you want to. No, we're good. Okay. That's, that's perfect. I don't want to throw a wrench in <laughs> You're good. <laughs> Kyle Nicholas, do you have any idea? Oh, wait, no. Do you have any idea when the red bottom gremlin motors are going to be released? Hey, TJ. Uh, What's up, TJ? TJ's behind the camera, by the way. What's that? 
but they're going into production. Okay. Now, okay. So, so, maybe a month or six weeks. so Friday, uh, June thirtieth, they're going into production. So look for about four weeks from now. We already have an order in a very aggressive right. order in of different sizes. I definitely recommend if you're going to do this, uh, use the Gremlin carbon fiber frames. Yes. Um, the speed of these things is pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, the stock eleven oh four Gremlin motors from our eleven oh four pack. Um, will fill the needs of 80 to 90% of the people out there. Yeah. Um, two cell, three cell operation is fantastic. Put a lighter battery on, it flies like a three cell, you know. Yep. Um, so I don't want people to feel they have to leave the whole vision of the gremlin where, you know, it's about the fun. You're going to get longevity in, in flight times and performance right. with staying with that. But the <clears> red bottom is definitely, there's going to be that, that 10% out there that's going to want that extra kick. Um, the this is an extra kick. Yep, for sure. It's huge. Th- this is that next upgrade. It's amazing. Yeah. Red bottom gremlin, you make the rocking world go round. My propeller go round. Oh, I like that. Oh, did you already do that one? We did. Me and Alex. But sorry, sorry, I must have missed that. It's <laughs> not <laughs> <Some> good. T-shirts. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, Spencer Okonski. If I got that right. Hi, Spencer. Good for me. Have you considered building or designing any wing in ground effect crafts? I have no idea what that means. Um, ground effect aircraft is basically uh, what they did back in World War II a lot, um, and they would cup the ground effect. They'd utilize it. The troops, uh, tips would kind of droop down, and there's a pocket of air under the wings mm-hmm. that if you keep it from spilling out, you can get a very efficient flight out of. And that's why the spruce goose, you know, they always criticize it because it never left ground effect. It's usually the, the length of the wing turned vertical. Um, ironically, we're not going to probably really do that right now with models. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we are doing right now is working with the flute talk. Right, exactly. And um, that's pretty much, it's kind of a two-wing ground effect air vehicle. Right. And the neatest thing about it, it was pioneered by our kids from FT STEM. That's right. So cool. Uh, really cool. So the answer is yes. That will probably become a kit of some sort yeah. in a flying version because it should fly too. Yes, for sure. Yeah, great question. Yeah, and thanks. we're really excited about that coming forward. John R. Barth says, is there a chance flight test will be making a showing at Air Venture? Yes. I'm there's talking. a chance. No, there's more than a chance. We're going to be doing yeah, it. Yeah, you guys are. De- we're definitely going. Yeah, and we don't. We don't know in what capacity yet, specifically. Where you know how many people are going and all that stuff. But uh, we will be having an appearance there. Yeah, this year. This year is going to be different from last year. Our focus with this year is going to be actually to capture a lot of content. We're doing a lot of general aviation content. Uh, we will probably be doing meetups and, and meet and greets at booths. And then instead of having a staple booth and we'll produce our schedule where we're going to be and when, hopefully we'll be able to fly at uh, Pioneer Airfield again with uh, all the great people from the Flight Test family. And then uh, we're also going to be doing lots of video content. Yep, for sure. It'll be fun. <laughs> what are you pointing at? I was well, gonna, I mean, I was, everybody can see. Yes, everybody that's watching yeah. can see us. Right. I apologize. Do you just want to tell me what yeah, you're trying to you say? You can skip over the next question. Oh, okay. That's what I was trying to say, but. See, I'm not very good at being. Don't worry, guys. It was my question, and it was it was <laughs> it was pointless. I'll just ask it later. Yes, yeah, do it. All right, Alex Gregorius. 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 Maybe. Are the rumors true that there is a Southern California location for Flight Fest West? <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. Please, please, please. Three pleases. Let it be Southern California. <laughs> Southern California. I'm trying to think San for Diego. Flight Fest West. I'm trying to think of uh, who started this rumor. I have no idea. Um, but for, I know that we are in the process of looking at uh, locations in yes. California. So, um, yeah. And here's the reality. Vallejo was amazing. But uh, we were very fortunate uh, with Vallejo that nothing landed on the highway. Right. And that no one got hurt. There was yep. such a small amount between the runway and the people. Um, that we simply, you know, for safety reasons alone, 
can't do a repeat at that location. So what we've been and we've already been to California once is looking at different locations that can hold a much larger size because what we're seeing from our first turnout is that you guys are awesome. Yeah. That, that you know that we're gonna need a bigger venue, and uh, we're gonna try to find that. And it, it probably will dance around California, southern, mm-hmm. northern. Uh, our goal is to go to the west coast on some side, and it's probably not always gonna be in the same direction. We're gonna right. try to hit the northern reaches and the southern reaches. Um, but we'll we'll definitely have information. Yeah. I, I want to go back to Flight Fest West. Yep. Uh, I want that to be a yearly thing. It was yeah, a good we had, time. We had a fantastic time. Yep. Sweet. Craig Dillon says, can you elaborate on the balsa vision? Is it your goal to produce balsa kits or is it to introduce people to that side of the hobby through re- reputable vendors? So are we going to make balsa kits or are we going to show them in the direction of people who, who do? I feel like I'm just being a speaker hawk now. Dude, no, but here's the thing. The nice thing about it is, is that like, you know, you're kind of one of those people that has lots of good information oh. and podcasts. I mean, they, they kind yeah, of use for like speak really heart, good. Huh? Yeah. Cause the, and, and the only reason I, I, I chose this one is because I know Balsa has been a, yeah. a big thing from your past mm-hmm. um, with you and your dad, but also um, it's something that we're trying to kind of jump into, step yeah. into. Um, it's also something that with a foam kit, you're, you sit down and you, Essentially, you make this foam kit with your your kids or your your family or whatever, um, and you're you're done in about three hours, and you're up in the air. Yeah. With a balsa kit, it's obviously a l- lengthier build, and I think one thing I think that some people don't kind of understand or get is that you can also lengthen that to the point where you're building an experience for your yes. family. Like I'm sure you and your dad, that you had that longer experience, which can sometimes bring a lot of cool opportunities and conversations. That maybe a two hour build, it gets you in the air very yeah. much quicker but sometimes you don't always get that it's the icebreaker right um all right this is awesome Stefan, god bless you man that that nailed it (laughs) yes um that was that was awesome um the whole vision with the foamies was to give people a quick success give them the pattern of how you can use the hobby to make a memory Mm -hmm. to communicate to have a have a conversation um but it was all done in a day's time and that was really out of necessity that the people unfortunately are very very busy mm-hmm. once people realize oh wow this is a really fun hobby i'm really enjoying the build experience the flight experience um removing the disposable nature of foam board airplanes and then increasing the build time does does change the experience in a really unique way mm-hmm. i can't remember every plane i built and flew but i can remember every time i was with my dad doing it right. and that's that's really what i want to be the repeat and then substitute your dad with your friend substitute any of that. We want this hobby to be social. Mm-hmm. So the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah. Um, our goal was to take this awesome material foam board and exploit every aspect of it uh, for education, for building, for getting people in the hobby, for advanced techniques. Um, that's going to continue to run for years. Mm-hmm. But we're going to repeat that with balsa wood. And we're going to do it in a couple different ways. Uh, we're looking – and one of the reasons we are with uh, Horizon mm-hmm. was that we are looking to uh, to work with them in a unique way to introduce both gas and balsa at the same time. That's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> there's a very unique benefit that you get when you go with bigger models with gas power and balsa. The rigidity of flight, we'll cover all that later. Right, right. Um, so it's twofold. We're going to introduce you know some disciplines you need to learn. We're going to kind of do a new beginner series all around gas. So we're right. going to teach the fundamentals of tuning gas engines along with flying heavier models. But also during that time, we're going to be introducing building techniques. And that is where we may branch off uh, from uh, designed airplanes that are, are, you know, from reputable manufacturers mm-hmm. to some of our own product line. Cool. It may even be going to different companies and and taking a model that they've discontinued that we feel very passionate about and reintroducing it with maybe some things switched so it's a simpler build. Yeah. So the way it would look would be the first introductory plane would be balsa wood where they'd glue joints and it would jig together much like a Stevens era model. 
the second model would be a little bit more trust building. The third model would be all trust building. Mm. The fourth model would be, be trust building with advanced sheeting. You follow how I'm, I'm yeah, talking uh, here? Yeah. The fifth model, you're basically working for NASA. Yes. Gotcha. So, so, but the idea would be to, to take it and, and piece it apart. Mm-hmm. If you look at our FT flyer, five pieces of foam, you know, an A fold, B fold, and a bevel cut. Right. Uh, I'm sure I just an A fold and a bevel cut. Um, the second one advanced a little yep. bit more. And now that we're in the model 50, we're molding foam and we're getting some amazing shapes out of yeah. it. That X twenty nine, it's gorgeous again. <laughs> so, so that's the whole goal with balsa wood, and and we'll uh, we'll we'll reinvent that and re reenergize that because I want people to fall in love with building as much as flying. Right. Um, and then once balsa wood journey's done, guess what? We'll we'll introduce fiberglass, carbon fiber, fill in the blanks. Yeah. Um, and maybe the technology. Yeah, and just can continue to go from there. So, so that, yeah. that's awesome. Fantastic. So that's it's a great, story. great question. Yeah. And we could go on and on about that for sure for, for quite a while. The whole podcast. But, uh, yes, we could. But uh, <laughs> in general, that's a great question. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely want to build all the aspects of the hobby yeah. um, and, and allow as many people to, to enjoy it as well. And look for, look for especially one of the reasons we were with, with Horizon mm-hmm. was that exact topic. It right. was, look, we have a love and a passion for this. Hangar 9 is one of the most reputable uh, uh, balsa wood and mm-hmm. build planes. Um, so we'll we'll introduce that vision and, and how it is. I think everyone's gonna be really excited. All right, let's do well, let's do one more. Uh, Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis. I like it the way he worded this. So I'm trying to decide if I should get the simple cub or the simple storage for my first FT plane. I'm used to flying the E flight timber, so which one should I get? Boom, boy. Is well, that how you said it in your head when you were writing it? I, I hope so because that that's I, it's very friendly. Yeah, right, very, friendly. That very like conversational. So, so d- deciding which one to get as his first FT plane. Okay. Um, I don't know if you've flown yet, uh, Brandon, up to this point or not. But he's flo- he, he's flown the timber. He flew. The oh yeah, timber. correct. He flew the. He I made up the word flowed. Flowed. He flew the timber. Um, so essentially, he's asking whether the simple cub or the yeah. simple storage. In my opinion. I would just because I have actually yet to fly a simple storage. <laughs> no joke. I have not flown one yet, which is yeah. very sad. I need to do so. But I have flown multiple, multiple times the FT Simple Cub. And I will tell you, Brandon, that it is a fantastic time and it's super easy. I flew it on floats, never flown floats, <laughs> landed it on the water on the floats without it happening to explode into a million pieces or get drowned in the water. <laughs> My motor fell off, but that's another story. <laughs> but I've, I've loved it. Yeah. And I'm like I said, I'm not like a huge, you know, great flyer in, in general. Um, but it, I, I had a blast and I thought it was very, very simple to fly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that's my. It's I, been a long time since I've flown the storch, but in my memory, the timber, the storch, and the cub are pretty comparable. They really are. Yeah. yeah. Just so, size. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The, the the storch is bigger, right? Yes. The timber then, timber then is the, the biggest cub. storch, and yeah. then the cub is yes. the smallest. Right. So yeah. And if you have some some, uh, if you're in a smaller area, obviously the cub would be a little bit nice to be in a little yeah. bit tighter area, mm-hmm. depending on what your size field is. Um, that's my opinion. Um, Josh may have a different one. I don't know. It is what I, it is. I don't want to. Yeah. In my opinion, is going to be. He's um, torn. And here's the reason. I want to be very <laughs> blunt about this because I'm going to go back to the storage and probably address this. Um, the storage has a very big wing, mm-hmm. a very big wing that's easy to fold if mm-hmm. you do lots of hygiene maneuvers. So for that reason, um, both the cub and the storage can fly incredibly slow, have a very resilient nature to them right. um, and, and teach you everything you need to know for every aspect of flight. Right. Um, I would say go with the simple cub just because you will not snap the wings on that. It'll yeah. take a hit all day long and you can grow with it very quickly without having to modify uh, sure. that much. You, the flapperons and ailerons mod 
on the on the cup literally takes yeah, 10 minutes. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then the floats aspect opens up a whole other door that just doesn't exist with the storage. We'll probably revisit the storage um, and put some some bracing in there. Yeah. But uh, when you fly it at a stock configuration the way it's supposed to be, you're not going to snap the wings. But uh, after a lot of flights and people really love flying the storage, mm-hmm. those wings get weaker than I like. Uh, yeah. Same with the Explorer. So we're going to probably go back and put some balsa wood reinforcement. We'll, we'll look look like those again. But yeah, yeah. so that that's a go that's, simple that, that's a simple cub probably the better option in this situation. Um, but first and foremost, thanks for that question. Thanks yeah. everybody for the, those awesome questions. Really appreciate that. Um, and we're gonna go we're gonna go straight into it. And actually, Josh Scott, yes sir, uh, we have not seen you in a while as yes, far as on the podcast. I think that's correct. Uh, so we wanted to have you on to see what's going on with everything with the with the veterans project. Oh yeah, yeah. Memoirs of World War II. Um, if you haven't seen it, um, you can go on Facebook. I have a page on there called Memoirs of World War II. It's always W W I I. And then also on Instagram, Memoirs underscore of underscore W. W-I-I. And we'll have a link below. Yes. Awesome. And uh, so what I've been doing for a little over a year now is visiting World War II veterans and just talking with them, finding out about their experience during the war, getting their perspective. Um, that subject has always been really interesting to me. And to anytime I watch a documentary, anything like that, where they have an interview with an actual veteran who was there, I just like like that, that, that those are like my heroes and they and they all say they all say that, they, that they're not the heroes um which you know they're the ones who who never came home are, are heroes and i and i agree with that but uh to me they still are heroes mm-hmm. um so that um something that i always wanted to do was to be able to sit down and talk with them and just really you know find out what was it like what was it like for you what did you see what right. did you experience right um and it's been amazing it's been definitely one of the coolest things I've ever got to do in my whole life. Um, so yeah, so check out, check out Instagram, check out the Facebook and there's, there's more, there's more content that I want to start bringing, uh, making available. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing um, to hear some of these things. Um, I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember what I have and haven't shared uh, <laughs> with you guys, but just some crazy stuff. There's a, um, a guy I met with who he was, he's a Pearl Harbor survivor Oh wow! and uh, he was on the West Virginia, which was one of the ships that got sunk. And uh, he actually ended up being trapped um, several decks below uh, with water pouring in. The decks above him were, were flooded and he was he was trapped down there with, I think, five or six other guys. And they just had they just had no way out. The water's oh rising, goodness. and rising, and rising. And out of nowhere, this other sailor comes in and says, hey, there's a a chute. I don't know if it was a laundry chute or what it was in this room down the hall that we could climb up. There's a ladder inside that we can climb up. So this guy, they all, you know, link arms and they all, you know, going through the water, it's coming up to their neck. Um, they, they get to this room and they find uh, this opening to the chute. They had to dive down under the water, swim up and through the chute. This, the chute's full of water as well. So they have to, you know, do this all while submerged in the water. The guy who, who told them about it, he goes first and he goes up there to lead the other guys up, opens the hatch at the top and then up top it's dry. So he starts pulling everybody out. Um, Adoni is the name of the, of the oh gentleman that I was right. talking to. So he, Adoni tells me that when he, when this guy pulled him up out of the chute, he, they kind of just like looked at each other. The guy like kind of patted his face, make sure, you know, he's okay. And then he said the guy was gone and he never saw him again. And even afterwards, uh, he was talking with one of his, uh, one of his officers and, and telling them what happened. And they, they had no idea who this person could have been. And they never saw him again. And you run into stories like that, you know, call it supernatural or whatever, but you run into things like that every once in a while where they, they say there's no explanation 
for how, you know, yeah. for why this happened or who that was or anything uh, like that. You know, maybe there is, you know, an explanation for it, but they never, they never <laughs> found out who the guy was. But, uh, you know, he comes out topside on, on the, uh, on the West Virginia and just sees just the, the battle is still happening. You know, the, the Japanese planes are still flying around shooting. He actually got hit as soon as he got up to the top, he got hit with shrapnel, uh, from a uh, strafing from a Japanese plane and uh, all this crazy stuff. But, you know, he, he got, he got patched up and then within, uh, within just a few hours, he was back at the scene um, helping to, you know, put out fires and unfortunately um, find, find bodies right. look for survivors and stuff like that. So it's just crazy to think that after going through something like that, and just a few hours after it happened, he even got wounded. He's he volunteered yeah. to go right back right. into it, you know, to pick up the pieces. It's just man, it's and a, they they don't call themselves heroes, which is exactly that's yeah. that's in my mind. That's yeah, blows, we, that we're allowed to mind. disagree with them on yes, that. Yes, for sure. Talking with them and and hearing their perspective, I understand that notion of I'm not a hero, and they actually not. I, I wouldn't say take offense to being called a hero, but they just they just don't feel that they deserve the title because mm. they made it home. Right. They're, they're more or less, they're physically okay, right. you know? Um, but their, their buddies didn't make it back home. And so I, I understand that. I understand that notion, but at the same time, I don't think that we could do too much honoring of yeah. them. Right. Know? No, so. I, I agree. And, and first of all, th- thanks so much for that story. Yeah. Josh got, it's, it's an unbelievable inspiration about, you know, cause I'm, I'm 30 years old. I live in, uh, you know, North Canton, Ohio, and I've never been to war. I've never, I've never seen anything I- I- even close to yeah. what they've seen sure. uh, or what they've even been through physically, emotionally, uh, everything. Right. I can't even imagine how that must have felt. Yeah. And just first and foremost, from my heart, thank you, all, all of those who are part of that. Yeah. Um, cause I really can't imagine yeah. how it's been, how, how, how you get through something like that to see it firsthand, um, to watch your buddy, you know, perish in front of you, whatever yeah. it may be. And it stays with them for a long time. Right. There's, right. there's a, there's several guys who I've, you know, found their phone numbers or ran into them at, you know, target or something mm-hmm. like that. And, and said, Hey, would, would you like to, would you like to share your story? You know? And they think about it for a second and say, no, I don't, I don't like to talk about it. And then, yeah. you know, it blows your mind that, you know, 70 plus years later, it's still something too painful for them to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, we were at the um, World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. a few weeks back. And we just happened to run into a World War II veteran um, right when we got there. And so I spent a few minutes talking with him and I shared uh, about him on the uh, on, on my page as well. Right. Um, but just when he started First of all, he was overwhelmed at the site of the memorial. Um, but when he started just telling me a little bit of his story, he was just moved to tears just thinking about, you know, his buddies that, that didn't make it back home. Right. You know? Yeah. So like I said, thank you to yeah. all of you. Yeah. You guys are sure. inspirations to all of us and, and uh, for your service and, and also for your heart and for what you did there and what you are continuing to yeah. do yeah. Uh, through this stuff. So, and it's not all, it's not all sad stories. Yes, there's, correct. A, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uplifting there stuff. There's a lot well. of funny stuff too. <laughs> I just shared one yesterday where a guy found a dummy grenade. And so he walked into a tent with a few of his other guys and he, <laughs> and he was like, yeah, 
you guys, I can't get this pin back in. And then he acted like he dropped it. And like, all the guys were like, oh my God. And they like, oh, <laughs> ran out of gracious, that's insane. <laughs> so if you want to learn yeah. more uh, on this, obviously we'll have the link down below um, for you guys to go check that out. Please yeah. go uh, give Josh Scott some love and also yeah. the veterans some love. For sure. Um, yeah. We love what they've done and what they're continuing to do uh, across the nations um, cool. now and, and then. So Absolutely. thank you so much, yeah. Josh Scott, for thank sharing. Thank you. Really appreciate yeah. that. I, I think we call him on that note. Yeah. I and mean, and, and on that note, that it's, it's tough to follow that really is because <laughs> it needs to sink in honestly right it, Just, it really does yeah you need to take that to heart think about it um if you know a veteran um, either in your family, your friends, friendship zone, um, or, or just acquainted, um, go, go and go and have a chat with them. Yeah. If, if they, if they are willing to do so, um, go and give them some love for sure. Allow them to, to open up to you, be that, like that listening yeah. ear. Maybe that's what they need yep. to push through, to get through some of the things that maybe they're still dealing with. Yeah, that's true. Um, because that, that's a huge thing. Some people hold on to things. Some people can let them go easily. Um, but some people do not. And, yep. uh, you might be that, that you may be able to bridge that gap between, you know, some, some super sad times and maybe some getting through and, ha- and having a bit more of a happier right. lifetime moving forward. So, yep. um, go and do that. <clears throat> Enjoy that. Um, be that listening ear. Um, and first and foremost, thanks so much for listening um, and being here with us. Uh, we really appreciate that to all the community, to all those who listen and, and, and watch on the YouTubes and on, on iTunes. Um, Josh Scott, thanks so much. I, 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 get, I get confused if you haven't. I'll, I'll just, I went to look at Josh's picture and said, Josh Scott. Um, Josh Scott, thanks so much for being on yeah, it. Thank once you. again, really appreciate yeah. for you sharing. Nice Josh, to see you, buddy. Josh Bixler, you thanks so much once again. Uh, and uh, we will, guys, uh, make sure that you um, subscribe, not only on YouTube, but also on iTunes. Um, uh, that, that's a big thing for us. Rate us on iTunes. Yeah. Give us some uh, some feedback on what you like, what you don't like. Uh, we want to hear from you to make sure we can make it the best podcast possible. Um, and also, uh, hit that notification notification button on YouTube. If you have not done so already, we're, we're doing stuff all the time. Yeah. Uh, new, new, new different things, all that stuff. So make sure you hit that. So you're uh, aware and just so I'm not even going to say it today, but thanks for watching and <laughs> deuces. <laughs> <laughs> he said it. He said it. I heard it. See you guys. See you next time.